0: On today's episode of Back of the Bird, we are pleased to be joined by Dyson Williams. Uh, we talk about his current time at Duke, his time growing up at Whitby, and then obviously his recent selection to the NLL and growing up with his dad, Sean Williams, as obviously a legend of the game. We also chat about some news and notes around the league and just getting ready for training camp. Here it is. This is episode 96 of Back of the Bird. Take your first ride right baby, wrong.
1: You got a spine of steel and a roar of thunder. Yeah, you make me drown. Yeah, you pull me under. You love is like an ocean wave. Don't let my love turn you away. What's
2: coming? All right. We're back. We got episode 96, Paulie, your best buddy to thrill up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. got to get him. On. Should have had him on for the ninety-six
2: episode. Uh, what were you thinking?
0: That uh, is not how I thought we were starting today. <laughs> Just getting yeah. right into it here.
2: Right into the mix here. Uh, I didn't even clue him, to be honest.
1: That's so stupid what's that? I, I didn't even clue in on, to be honest, that's how stupid I am until you mentioned his name. Who,
2: uh, what, is there another number 96?
1: Uh, Doesn't... um. camera doesn't liam did liam burns wear I 96
2: don't, i don't think so
1: why aren't we not for grand. us
0: he might have uh he might have for somebody That's else awesome.
1: why aren't we on grand Pro's website right now looking at
2: the number <laughs> yeah true but all right we're going I'll, with I'll the nation, it's it's nation. Oh, uh, this is uh brought to you by cottage springs as these all are um future to springs again get out there try the uh try those jacked up springs. Those things are something. Um, the other night actually had a little, uh, had a work event and we swung by Ruby. Ruby Soho for a quick, for a nightcap. And they got the lemonades on draft. So that was, that was dangerous. We had a, had a, had a couple of those, but got out of there um, at a responsible time because we're responsible humans now um so uh yeah again get out there give springs a shot but let's just jump into it paul what's going on buddy how are you i'm good man just
1: uh yeah counting down the days here obviously i think you're starting this weekend donnie next weekend so yeah just fuck man the the time we here i guess exciting
2: donnie what's going on with you
0: yeah i think that pretty much uh sums it up man it's uh it's exciting it's definitely a little scary i think if you don't have that little pit in your stomach you're you're maybe not doing it the right way but um yeah it's, i'm fired up it's funny like when uh you know going from nll to pll is obviously a lot and then all summer you're just like holy shit it's a lot of lacrosse and for the guys playing senior a it's a lot of lacrosse and you're just kind of like oh my god i'm playing so much and then you don't play for like three weeks and it's like all right let's start buzzing again like it's, t- it's yeah. time it's yeah, time um so yeah, no I'm I'm fired up. We start uh like Polly said, uh we start next weekend. And uh yeah, man, I just uh can't wait for year 2.
2: Let's go. Yep. We're uh same it's crazy, man. I, I think like I mean, we're recording this on Thursday, Emily. I leave tomorrow morning to go to, to, to beautiful beautiful Las <laughs> Vegas there. Um haven't been there in a minute, but it's uh yeah, I'm doing doing the drive in work the day there. So I'll be hanging around. Um hey, it's gotta, better
0: than the better than the flight to JFK and then work eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so um this is uh this makes it a little easier just to be able to control it. So be an early morning for me driving driving there. But um you know what's excited
0: what's funny by the way I was listening to uh to 32 Thoughts the other day uh, Elliot Friedman show and they were talking about Patty Kane and I guess Dallas is one of the rumored destinations for him and they said yeah. one of the reasons uh, he might not want to go to Dallas is because their travel is so shitty because they uh, – like relative to the rest of the league. And it was kind of just like crazy. Like it, that's a big consideration for us. But the fact that that would come up for like another – a guy at that level was like kind of nuts. But then you think about it like, you know, Dallas's closest teams would be like Vegas, which is still a couple hours. You go yeah. to LA all the time, which is pretty far. Just thought that yeah, was kind of nuts that like new even new those guys have to smart. consider it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's – uh that's interesting, but uh, but yeah, I guess I wasn't here last week. But all time, uh, all time hilarious move where we spend a week here. We spend Donnie and I are on here chit-chatting about spend your spend your time with the old ladies. Do all your get it out of the way. I finish it up with an all-time shortest relationship in in history. So we're back on the market, (laughs) but uh, just in just in time for season. No distractions, I guess is uh, that's that's the positive we're going to take out of it. We're we're diving headfirst into uh, into lacrosse again. So uh, they gotta
0: they gotta get a new word for the for the bat signal when you have a podcast. That's like a super (laughs) bat signal.
2: Yeah, yeah. Listen, we, the people know everything here, so it's uh you gotta kind of you gotta keep everyone in the loop. I know it was I was out there shooting shooting stories like nobody's shot machine gun stories with their old lady before, but you know what? Sometimes things just uh sometimes they just don't work out. But um, my sister's gonna be devastated, Lomi.
1: She really, so. yeah. She she was the biggest. It. She wanted me to find somebody so bad, eh? But hey. She was sliding my DMs happy. She's like, does Dan have a girlfriend? I, I mean, I can't wait for her to listen to this episode and just be heartbroken for
2: you. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. Listen, it was good. So there's, they're grown-up decisions. We're all we're all moving on. Uh, hey, speaking
0: of, speaking of that, so I'm living with uh, my girlfriend right now and her roommates, so uh, four girls and myself. Guys, in my face. And no, And, and is, is your buddy Blake back yeah. on uh, Bachelor in Paradise? Is he back in the... Uh, He's in back mix. in the
2: mix. Blake is back in the mix. I worked out with him um, a little while ago, and he he gave me a lot of insight. A lot of things I can't say. Um, maybe maybe we'll start like maybe we'll create like a Bachelor in Paradise spoilers. Um, but uh, hey, we don't but, yeah, want getting,
0: was, we don't want you getting Shane Pinto. With, with yeah, I don't, I don't. Oh fuck!
2: Yeah, that guy. <laughs> tough, tough, tough draw. But um, but yeah, he you- he went, he went back on that. Um, and then people don't realize like, cause he was home and someone like responded to my story was like, what the hell? How is he, was he coming home from like Mexico to work out with you and then go back? I'm like, no, like they filmed that show in like a week and a half. Like it's a, it's a very quick stint. Um, but yeah, he all time hilarious on that show. They like, I think it was like the second day he was there. They brought back his ex fiance, like right in front of him. Like he, and he had no idea and they hadn't spoken since. So it was, uh, and and him being the guy he is, he was panicking a bit, I think, but um but yeah he's that guy does it all man he's now he's he was in like tahiti with humpback whales like just in the middle of the ocean hanging out and madagascar and everything he's living the dream so um but yeah he's back in the back of the limelight i'm insider trading alert this is my bet we don't we don't just cover lacrosse insider i bet you he's the next bachelor
1: Ooh, he's never been he's only been on the bachelorette
2: yeah, only Bachelorette and Bachelor in Bachelor in Paradise. So I bet you he's gonna end up being the next guy.
1: Let's That's go. my feeling. Lakey boy. Looking for yeah. love. Right. Yep.
2: Yeah. But uh but yeah, outside of that, we're getting into the busy season for work here too. Um, so it's gonna be uh all time time management. Um so it's uh it's it's yeah. Speaking
1: of busy season, Dory went back to work this week. Solo parenting now. By- no yeah i'm on the grind and then to make things worse the gym i work out at just shut down the daycare for good Movadi? Oh, yeah why
2: did they do that yeah.
1: yeah just you know typical corporate like
2: bullshit oh, just just, first thing yeah. first thing exactly. to go is the caring for people <laughs> exactly oh
1: I and mean, we know this affects your life and it's like so i actually was gotten this like big battle with them because the last a couple of weeks, I can not even, like, it's still open for, like, another week or something. Anyways, so I get in this, like, big battle because, like, we call the one day, like, okay, like, we're on our way to the gym. Usually, you just call and be like, hey, can I bring my kids? And they're like, yeah, we have room. So we're going there, and then call, and they're like, yeah, sorry, we're not taking, like, infants today. So, like, we got to, like, rearrange our whole day. Dory goes home. I still work out with, with Mac. I don't know what we do, but I'm just like, so I, call, I go to the front desk and I'm like, and I hate doing this. But I'm like, hey, can I talk to like a manager?
2: Oh, you care like, and them. No, I'm just
1: like, I'm like, hey, like, you know, I know you guys are shutting the daycare down, but like, I can't even get my kid in now. So like, what am I paying for? So she's like, no, I totally understand. I'm like, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not trying to cause anything, but it's like, you know, can I get like my money back or like not pay? Like, I'm just paying this for no reason. So she's like, yeah, I'll talk. talk to my general manager and like get back to you." So I, was like, I get this call from this girl, a general manager, I don't know who she is. She's like, hey, like, you know, I understand, you know, typical like blah, 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 blah. She's like, this is what I'm willing to do for you. We're still open for the next week, week and a half. I will book in your kids every day for you to make sure you have a spot. I'm like, that doesn't solve anything. She's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's not the issue. The issue is, like, I can't, like.
2: No, I can't come.
1: Yeah, and, like, and then even when I tried to come, I, she's like, well, I'll book you in for the next week and a half. I'm like, no, I want my money back. She's like, fortunately, we can't give you your money back. I'm just like, whatever. Like, so I might she, have You to, see
2: that I you have see to the the home car, home. that new truck out front? I already used your money. Like,
1: Yeah, I cool. might just cancel my membership out of spite. But, like, no one has care. So it was brutal. So I don't know.
2: Maybe we got a business idea here, boys. Daycare gyms.
1: Yeah. That's the same thing as, like, the golf. That. Why does golf have daycares?
2: Mm, we used to do a...
0: That's got legs. The golf thing's definitely got legs. The, yeah, 100% it does.
1: I know a lot we, of driving yeah. courses like, kind to have to, you know, like, drop your kids off and then whatever, but...
2: Yeah, even, like, a par three. Like, if I was trying to revitalize the, the Land of Legends, Camile... Um, I would make that a daycare golf club.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, that and Mac pissed uh, the bed last two nights. You sleep with me and right.
2: It's the bed. <laughs> fucking right, Mac.
1: <laughs> so things are going great. great in my world right now.
2: Hey, the good news is, if that ever happens, you, you can blame it on him. No, uh, no, yeah. But I'm, uh,
1: I'm not sure, but we just blame it on Max.
2: So, well, I guess we should probably spoiler. I mean, it's in the title. I always forget, like, this is in the title. Like, I think I'm going to spoil who's our guest is. but um, yeah, and and we, put a, and we put a video out there or whatever in the intro. Um, but uh, Dyson Williams, first overall pick, Duke guy, weapon, um, son of a Hall of Famer. Like, just kind of just checking boxes. Um, so, great great little chat with him there. Um, you'll see some – I was in the corporate setting there doing that one because uh, – we have to do it. We were grinding long hours. So Hopefully my boss sees it. My boss sees we it. We did that interview at 10 p.m. Uh, but uh, but should we maybe jump into Donnie, talk a little bit about this, uh, the NOL releasing the broadcast schedule here? How about, uh, how about
1: the Kelsey brothers talking about lacrosse in their podcast?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice little boost. Um, Those
1: guys get like 4 million views.
2: Yeah, they're they have like a million and a half followers on Instagram now. Yeah, that is fucking ridiculous. Um but yeah, do you think do you think those guys could step? do you think if they just picked up a stick they could go play in the Olympics? I don't like there's no fucking chance. No. No.
1: No. And well speaking of that, do you see that little video um the Rock tweeted out or put it on Instagram too? Uh, it was like Mitchie Marner, Chow, and then a yeah, guy. yeah, from- I did see that. That was pretty cool. Do cool. a nice little cross overall trying to tell your sports. That was pretty funny. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he- shout out Chow That's for so fucking cool. bundling that. Chow bundled that first target when he took when they did the shooting, uh, the hockey shooting after. Those are all the long hours we put in with the slap shot regatta at the mansion. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> That's uh- that's the that's the five a.m. burgie has got the pads on and we're going six rounds shootout down there and Child's hitting corners off right center. That's unbelievable. Um, Donnie, you got the thing over there. Are you struggling?
0: Yeah. So uh, so the NLL, like we said, released the game of the week schedule for TSN. Um, so uh, opening weekend is Friday, December first. Uh, we're actually lucky enough to play uh, It's a double header on the first of so Saskatchewan at Halifax is the early game and then Panther city at Vancouver is the late game. Uh, not going to go through all of these, uh, just more wanted to bring attention to the fact that, uh, it is public. And also, uh, it just seems like this game of the week in Canada is really one of the biggest paths forward for our sport because, um, you know, Sportsnet owns the, a lot of the hockey now, uh, you know the Raptors don't play every night, and the CFL isn't what it used to be, and that kind of thing. It seems like getting uh, Canadian markets and Canadian rivalries on Game of the Week is is pretty huge, and uh, we talk about it all the time with getting on linear TV. Like in Panther City, just being an American market, we don't get it as much. The Canadian teams definitely get in the mix more with TSN, but uh, I think guys know when they're on TV, they know when it's a national TV game. It's just got a different feel and. And, you know, great broadcast crews and everything like that. So, uh, cool to see that, um, back and, uh, just reading through the press release here, record four double headers. So, uh, weeks one, 14, 16, and 20, uh, will all have, uh, two games in one night. And then, uh, there'll be flex games at the end of the year as well. Similar to how you'd see in football, uh, where essentially the league will get to decide which games go on TSN. So, uh, you know, I think the the league is thinking that hopefully with these new schedules uh, and the new standings a- approach, there'll be a, a lot of parity at the end of the year and and hopefully some pretty good matchups there. So, uh, looking at it now, I think everything from week uh, from f- starting Friday, April fifth, which is week uh, sixteen, everything after that is is flexible. So you'll get your best games on TV. Sweet.
1: I I, I like that. uh, I like that double header. I feel like that didn't happen much last year. I think it was just usually one game. No,
0: it says it's a record. The four weeks with double headers is a record. So I'm not sure how many times it happened last year. Um, But yeah, it seems great, and I think it's cool too. That night, what's that?
1: Strap in, folks! Across all night.
0: Yeah, I think it's cool too with Halifax and. uh I, cause Halifax is a different time zone, right? Isn't Atlantic time zone even a little bit ahead? Yeah. So uh, I think it's cool on. that like they can start at eight or whatever local time and the rest of the country's getting it, you know, right in kind of the prime time. Um love to see the the NLL lean into like a NHL type thing and have have a, a Halifax game start at five and then a Toronto game and then a uh uh, Colorado or Panther city game and then a West coast game or something like that. I think that could be cool, but it seems like we're kind of building to that with these double headers.
2: Speaking of, do you guys see that frozen, frozen frenzy? Did you watch it at all?
0: I watched some yeah. of it. Yeah.
2: It's pretty cool. Um, I liked it a lot, but, <clears throat> um, yeah, it's exciting. I, like I said, I talked about this, I think last time, or last time we talked about kind of like game of the week stuff, but like, I mean, going, walking into a bar in Toronto and like all 18 TVs have a, um and i'll game on like it's just you get eyeballs right you get people being like what is that and then it's you know the curiosity and again we're we're building towards the olympics too like there's i don't know there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts here that are looking good so um really uh really exciting stuff um outside of that in terms of kind of things going on in the league um reese dutch hung him up retired after 422 goals 616 assists 1,038 points and two championships. Um,
1: the that's game a, that's
2: one. One. And the game winner in one of them. So you got to think that's Hall of Fame.
1: One of the hey, – if if those numbers don't get him in, the toe drag, the Greece-Dutch toe drag gets him in. He patented yeah. that. in The underneath toe drag. No one does it better than Dutchy. But, yeah, he, uh, I got to play with him for a couple seasons um, on the island where he's from in Victoria. And, uh, yeah, just, I mean, all-time guy, all-time player. And, uh, yeah, man, hell of, again, hell of a career. You look at those numbers. Those are – you put those up against anybody, really. So, congrats to him, man. Now, he's got some young kids and just, yeah, man, he's also battled some injuries over over the years. So, again, yeah. hell of a career. Congrats that's you, boy.
2: Awesome, man. Um, and then other news, really, just in the league. um, uh, all time beauty too from from got traded from New York to Albany. Jordy Jones Smith, also um, I believe it's a baby girl. I think it is. Um, just had a baby girl, um, and I think he also just moved too. Like this guy's, and he just passed the bar. Um, so this guy's doing it all. So Jordy, shout out, um, such a, such a salt of the earth, like all time nice guy. Um, but. Outside of that, I guess like not a whole heck of a lot. Again, things are kicking off this weekend for some teams. Um, and then most teams, um, will be going, we'll be going next weekend. Um, but,
0: I had, I had um, one more thing that I forgot to put in those notes, but, uh, I haven't had a chance to watch the whole thing yet, but I saw the clip of, uh, from Dan, uh, your brother Dan Paul's last game from that rock city unplugged, uh, that series that they've done pretty cool. Um, Pretty cool, exactly. a really cool clip. Just, like, kind of gives you the chills and stuff like that. And uh, hopefully this weekend i have some chance to, to kind of watch the whole thing. But kudos uh, to The Rock for putting that together because it seems like it's pretty professionally done and, and pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Pretty, uh, pretty emotional when you get to see, like, again, we were there at the game, so you kind of get the tail end of it when, you know, the emotions are clear, but it's still emotional for our family. But then you see, like, right when it happens and there is, like, like, any, any athlete knows, first of all, your season is done, which is devastating when you don't accomplish your goal you think you're going to accomplish. And then knowing that's probably your last game is, yeah, it's pretty wild. So that's definitely a tearjerker. So, get the, yeah, get the box of Kleenex out because it's, uh, it's a tearjerker. Um, but, yeah, again, it's a, it's a very cool video and then kind of cool teaser for them to start the season. Like, it's the end, but now you're going into new, and I'm sure – they're, it looks like they're starting that whole new series again too. Because I think they went through like the, I think the trade for Bushi and stuff like that. So again, pretty uh, pretty cool thing. And like again, you know, we've been saying this for years, like since like the HBO twenty four seven. Like those are things people love. They want to see like behind the curtains, who these guys are, what going on day to day. I think it's just uh, only does good things for the sport and for team.
2: Yep. Agreed. Not much oh, more yeah. to add on my end. Pretty sweet. Um, Donnie, yeah, did you we got some let's,
0: let's kick to Dyson and we'll do it after, I think.
2: Okay. Real All right. Um, we're going to kick it over to Dyson Williams. This interview is brought to you by Lucky Penny Media. At Lucky Penny Media, we are a full-service marketing company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you. And when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. Here he is, Dyson Williams. All right. We are pleased to be joined by this Oshawa, Ontario native. Played his entire minor career with the Whippy Warriors. Currently plays college ho- oh, hockey, college lacrosse at Duke University, where he currently sits top 10 all-time in goals scored with a full season to play. This summer, he competed for Team Canada at the World Lacrosse Championships as one of the only current lacrosse college lacrosse players on the team. Most recently, he was selected with the first overall selection of the twenty twenty three NLL Entry Draft by the Albany Firewolves. Welcome to Back of the Bird, Dyson Williams. What's going on, buddy?
3: Hey, thanks for the, thanks for the intro. I uh, appreciate it. Excited to be here.
2: College hockey player. I fumbled those ones pretty good, but. Um, <laughs> What's uh What's going on? How's, uh, how's life down, uh,
3: down in North Carolina? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I actually, I, I played a bit of hockey back in the day. I stopped probably, I was like 12 years old, but um, then just played lacrosse. But um, yeah, uh, can't complain back at Duke for my final year. And uh, you know, weather's been unreal in North Carolina, like always, so I'm enjoying it. I'm on the business school grind, so. Uh, still a lot of school, but um, definitely enjoying it and, and glad to be back here, um, wearing the blue and white for one more year. So,
1: so, this is this is the COVID year. Is this your COVID year back? Fifth year, kind of.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So back. actually, my entire class, uh, my entire class. We have eleven guys in it, and um, all eleven of us came back for the uh, for the extra year. None of us transferred out or or graduated. So, um, it's pretty cool. So we have a big team this year, and um so we all no one wanted to leave so pretty good sign but uh yeah enjoying it that's unreal yeah
2: it's tough that's i'm surprised Paulie. you didn't use that uh that slip of the tongue that i said hockey to to talk about how you played junior hockey
1: i don't do to go there yet maybe during the banner
2: <laughs> how's,
1: how's my boy dino doing dino
3: jr he's good you know he's uh you know he's living the father and coach life you know he's got three kids so he's He's busy on and off the field with us, and I know he he likes coming out to practice because you know it's kind of like his uh, his time to hang around hang around the college age boys and you know but uh, you know he's a, he's a great guy and you know learning from him every day is awesome. He's uh, brings brings a lot of character to the field and it's uh, yeah he's definitely a beauty.
1: I played with him uh, I played with him in Philly way back in the day so. But we'll get into we'll get into other people like I played with your dad, not play against you. So we'll get into all that. It's means I'm an old fuck.
2: It's <laughs> wild. Well, let's. Uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of that, why don't we just kind of get right into it, man? How did you? Uh, I mean, I think all of us could probably guess how you got into the game, but how did you? Uh, how did you first pick up a stick?
3: Yeah, so uh, obviously my dad playing. I, my first game I went to, I was actually a week old um my dad was playing for buffalo in 2000 and uh i was born in february so a week later i was uh i was at a bandits game and you know i was sitting in one of those huge uh, orange bandit hats um and uh you know so ever since then obviously i've been around the game um then i i think i started playing when i was three years old um you know my dad my dad actually told me a lot like he he never pressured me as a kid into into playing lacrosse he Obviously, gave me a stick and and kind of led me in that direction. But um, you know, he kind of gave me the option if I wanted to, and I, you know, I fell in love with it at an early age, obviously, and um, kind of stuck with it ever since. Um, but uh, my grandfather, so my dad's dad, he actually played for the for the Brooklyn Redmond back in the day, um, back in the '80s, and he played in the for the Scarborough Saints um, back earlier th- before that. So um, you know, lacrosse has um, been in the in the Williams family for a while. So. Um, definitely um, exciting times, you know. Continuing to follow in the footsteps of, of my grandfather and my dad, and just uh, you know keep things going.
2: It's awesome, man. Um, what uh, what's the, I mean? As a kid, was was he coaching you, or, any, or or did you have other coaches growing up?
3: Yeah, I had some other coaches growing up, uh, more so in, in field lacrosse. But um, uh, for the most part, the pretty much my entire minor career was was coached by my dad. Um, you know, we had a lot of success in minor and a lot of great players, um, that I played with, um, back when I was a kid. So, uh, uh, yeah, having him as a coach, um, obviously was incredible. And then he coached me in in junior A as well with the Warriors. So, um, you know, we kind of had that solid, you know, father, son and coach player relationship where, you know, um, when it's at the rink, when it's in the, in, in the locker room, it's, it's, uh, it's always just, uh, it's, it's player coach and. You know, I definitely took the brunt of it harder sometimes because uh, I was his son and he uh, he was never playing favorite. So um, he definitely, definitely does a good or did a good job at that to kind of balance some of that, especially with me at a young age. And um, but then obviously, you know, after the games, we'd talk and then it would become just father, son right after that. So it's uh, definitely a great relationship with him with that regards. And, um, you know, I owe, I owe everything to him for where I'm at right now in my lacrosse game, just learned learned a bunch and obviously he's, he's a hall of famer and he's, and he's done what he's done. So, um, you know, his, his success he speaks for itself on the floor. And then now obviously staying too, he's, he's uh, running the show in Vegas. So, you know, he's, he's getting what he deserves in, um off the floor now too. He's a great coach. And, um, you know, definitely building a great team in Vegas as well. The one I was going
0: to, uh, sorry, the, go ahead, go ahead, Paul.
3: No, just the, the
1: one thing that's like, obviously so cool like you just, you know, your dad is his accolade and resume speaks for itself but like you growing up in that household like at what point did you like realize that your dad was a legend of lacrosse like did you ever realize that or was he kind of just always dad like you know I, i never had that like he was always just like my dad he never played lacrosse but like you know coming from your family like you say your your grandpa who's who's a legend as well just a great guy but like at what point were you like, man, my dad is, you know, one of the best lefties of all time. Did, you, did that ever
3: dawn on you? Yeah, I honestly think back in the day, I used to, used to brag about it a little. Just, you know, my dad's John, my dad's John Williams. And did that really mean anything to anyone that, that didn't know <laughs> lacrosse? No, that didn't at all. But, you know, I used to, um, you know, rep my 51 Williams jersey at every every Nighthawks game, in my childhood, and, and Bandits game. So, like, no, I, I think I, I did um, – once I, once I started, like, getting more, like, invested in lacrosse, it, like, really hit me how, how obviously amazing a player he is, and, and what he's done for the game, and, you know, um, like you said, like, it it does the, the accolades do speak for itself, but it is cool just knowing, like, you know, I think being at the Blue Cross Arena back in the day, just, just hearing my dad's name on the, on the PA a million times, you know, um, him lighting it up with Junior, and, you know, and Shawnee Evans and the boys, like just—I uh, think I, I realized when I was a kid, just like, wow, this is this is really cool. So to be around, be around uh, him during that time, and you know, spend time in the dressing room and and kind of just um, hang around the boys, be a ball boy, and um, definitely, definitely a cool thing to to have and cool memories to have growing up.
0: Obviously, there's a lot of you know uh, intangible lessons you you would have learned from being around those guys. Is there like a lacrosse lesson uh, that you remember from? Uh, I know we talked to Jeff Teat one time and he was talking about how he used to watch John Tavares shoot. Was there like a kind of a skill thing or like more of a tangible lacrosse thing that you took from not necessarily just your dad, but from being around those legends when you were a little kid?
3: Yeah, I think uh, one of the big ones, I mean, when I think of my childhood and, and, and watching my dad play, I do think of his two man game with John Grant Jr. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, obviously the two man game is one of the biggest parts of, of box across offense, and you know, um, you know, obviously a very strong left side there, and and watching them the creativity that they had together and kind of making plays that uh, other guys aren't even attempting to make. Um, I do remember uh, there was a game like I think, I think junior, I think my dad might have uh, thrown a ball off the glass um, to like a pass off the glass to junior you're like behind them and and you know, I tried it with uh Ryan Barnable um in minor Lacrosse. Um I think we actually I think we actually were successful of them too, made it made it work. Um but uh you know watching them do that and then uh you know seeing like plays like that translate and just the creativity and the, the chemistry that you can get and I think um from that I uh that's where I kinda got the creativity from, you know, watching highlights of those games. And you know, I, I grew up all, also just Hammering and all highlights on YouTube, and re watching, uh, uh, rewatching games all the time, and just kind of learning from all those players of, of that generation. And I think, uh, um, you know, I started doing that and playing in the backyard, playing in the living room, and just, you know, I never, never stopped, kind of trying to like try new trick shots and all that stuff, and kind of getting that kind of or, um, creativity in my game.
0: And then follow up question on that. When I watch you play, and also when I would watch your dad play, I always noticed the small pocket in the stick. Has that? uh, I'm assuming that came from your dad. Has that kind of been your your style the whole way? And um, yeah, kind of maybe just talk about that a little bit.
3: Yeah, I think the classic Willie pocket um, definitely established that myself now too. And uh, I, you know, um, my dad was string my sticks when I was younger, and you know, I kind of just got used to the exact same way you shot with and it's adjusted a bit over the years so i know like for field lacrosse it has to be a little different it has to have a little bit more um hold and stuff but um for the most part you know small pocket quick release and you know get the ball in and out of your stick as quick as possible and uh yeah it's one thing everyone the first time i play play with guys they always say that the first thing is they notice is the pocket and it's uh, uh you know it looks like a tennis racket but uh, it, it gets the job done
0: does he still string them, or do you string him now
3: no, actually uh my uh my cousin Kevin Jenkins he's uh um he's a scout for the for the Desert Dogs. He uh, he actually one of founders with the um with the Halt Hill the Bulldogs back in the day. Um but he uh he strings them up uh, uh he strings them up perfectly so uh he's my guy now. Nice. Yeah.
2: Awesome, man. Um so I mean you talked about it a little bit but like growing up you know, being around these NLL teams or anything like that, like, is there, was there any characters that just like stood out to you um, or any kind of like kind of funny stories that popped to your mind that once, you know, obviously you got old enough to start remembering stuff?
3: Yeah. I mean, as soon as you ask that instantly, I'm thinking the Evans brothers, uh, you know, Scott and Shawnee. And, and uh, um, at the time uh, I was like probably seven, eight years old, you know, Evie's now joined the league as an 18 year old. So he's, you know, he's closer to age and me than my dad at this time. And it's uh it was definitely funny, like, um, the way he the way he acted around us. And we actually uh we got to a point, obviously, both my parents teachers at the time, um, they're obviously busy. There's uh there's three of us, me, Tucker Delano. so like uh Tucker wasn't in school yet and I was probably in third grade. Uh Delaney was still in kindergarten, so um my dad actually got Shawnee to, to live in our house and like kind of be our, our nanny. And, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, which is, uh, I know it, it is uh, everyone says that, but um, no, Evie was, Evie was the best, but I, I, I just remember, you know, getting home from school and, and uh, just uh, play, play mini lacrosse at all times. And, um, you know, Kayla, his wife now, like she was there with us too. So, Um, it was, it was lots of fun, but I remember one vivid memory. Um, I actually was home from school. I was like eight years old, sick, had the flu on the couch, like can't move, can't do anything. And Evie's just so bored and bugging me to play mini lacrosse with him. And he's like making me come out and like hop in the cage and and, and take shots in in the living room. And I'm like basically throwing up and sick (laughs) as a dog, but, uh, no, it was, it was lots of fun And, and having him in the house was, it was awesome, but um then or him and scotty together um i remember just always laughing as a kid and just loving those guys and you know looking up to those guys on the floor obviously too it's yeah lots of fun
2: that is uh, that sound that one sounds completely on brand um anything anything else boys you want to ask about kind of like those days growing up
1: well the one thing like it's not really like those days, but just like growing up and then, I mean, we'll probably get into it. You getting picked for us overall. And then obviously like Willie being a legend and you just said like, he never pressured you or anything, but did you ever feel pressure to like live up to his standards? And I obviously, you know, your story story's still being written, but you're, you've been super successful now, but like, did you ever feel like that pressure kind of growing up that like, yeah, man, my dad is Sean Williams. I got to try and be, As good as him,
3: better than him. I think that I never really felt like it, like as pressure. I just more felt like that just added to to my drive. Um, Just kind of being around him, and you know, I I feel like too. It was like I was definitely at an advantage, you know, learning the intricacies of the game and like the way, like you know, how like a game day works. I was hanging out just the way, you know, you get a routine going before a game and um, getting used to that kind of thing at a young age kind of got me more dialed. I felt um, at a young age and you said, but no, I, I feel like it just more, made me. it made me want to be successful more because, you know, watching him and, and seeing the number 51 everywhere. And I think, uh, that, that definitely just added to just wanting to be, wanting to be great at the sport and following his steps. But, you know, um, I do feel like just learning from him made it easy and in, in a sense. Um, and, uh, I think that at some I probably did put pressure on myself, like, um, you know, you gotta you gotta be the best best player you can be. But uh, I think too, he like I said before, he he never really gave me the pressure. So I don't think I think I, I was able to kind of get to where I am now, especially without having to feel that feel that way necessarily all the time, especially at a young age, which uh definitely helped a lot. For sure.
2: I don't, um well why don't we move we'll move into kind of like junior and stuff and we'll we'll go over that stuff um and then and then get into uh into your time at Duke, but you walk us through kind of the junior days, the memories, um, and kind of what it meant to you to play for uh, for your hometown team.
3: Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, minor lacrosse was very successful. So well, we, I think we won nine A provincial championships um, with with Whippie and Minor. So um, you know, I kind nine. of grew up with a lot of success. Yeah, <laughs> nine. It was uh, we won the Tyke A box, we won novice A box and field. Um, I won four Wee a box or two box, two field and Wee minor and major. We, we, we swept the floor and then uh, didn't win anything in Bantam, but then midget, we won, uh, we won box and field to wrap it up. Um, wow. So a lot of success in minor. And then that obviously, you know, it took a turn, you know, junior a, uh, my rookie year, uh, we had a pretty good team. Um, we, that was the year though, like uh, six nations was just unbeatable. They were, Dougie Jameson, you know, that was a great team. But um, uh, that you're playing around guys like Tanner Cook, Connor Kernan, you know, guys now that are having success in the league. Um, you know, I got to play around those guys at, at the age of 17. It was, it was obviously huge and, you know, great, huge beauties to, to play with and hang around. So um, those were obviously fun days. And um, second year, same thing. you' a good team, um, but uh, never able to get jo- the job done. And then um, I think it would have been my third year was actually really my last year of junior because um, you know we I think we batt- we battled we lost in game five to Brampton um, that year um, but once again we had we had a pretty good team that year too um, we just never we were always just like a, kind of in the middle of the pack never never a dominant team but kind of always just like yeah we we made the playoffs every year but just never never able to get the job done but then obviously COVID hit. Um, and then uh, didn't have any, any fourth year at all. And then the fifth year, um, we had that little bubble bubble tournament at the crack. Um, but, you know, that was, you know, seeing the success that we did have in minor, um, kind of the way our roster looked in that fifth year, everything kind of coming into fruition with, um, you know, the guys my age with, with all that experience in minor together, you know, definitely sad that we didn't get the uh, chance to kind of actually bow for a for Minto. Um, because i do think that we uh, were definitely one of the teams in the hunt for that for that that year but um still obviously I had some great great junior memories and uh yeah and obviously like i said talked about before getting coached by my dad was huge and um i do think that uh, you know some big games at Iroquois park and you know can never go wrong with those and a lot of lots of battles with that, uh, at that place over the years so definitely enjoyed it but definitely wish uh there's a bit more of a storybook ending from that regret
0: not I to think, ask a tough uh you know tough question here but but uh a lot of those guys you played with the year after you're done junior ended up winning the minto in Whippy. that's got to be uh you know your dad was the coach that's got to be kind of a bittersweet obviously you're really happy for those guys and happy for your dad but also um you know it's obviously we, we, you know would have loved to have done that your fifth year what was kind of the emotions of that of of seeing those guys get it done um once you'd already finished junior
3: yeah, I, I think you're you're nailing on the head. It's uh honestly, it was very bittersweet because obviously those are my boys, and and got to play with those guys, and and very excited for them to win a Minto, you know, bring the Minto back to Whippy. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, you dream of that your your whole childhood. You watch you watch Whippy, you watch Riley O'Connor, Mark Matthews, Dan Littner. You know, raise the Minto as a kid, and then you know you get to that get to that chance or get to that age where you, you know it's, it's your turn, but um. You know, I do think that that just goes to show that you know the depth that we did have in Whitby over those those last few years where I was there because um, they got the job done that year. And you know, if I do think that you know you throw Dauber and Ned and you throw you know me back out there. Um, you know, Sean Wesley, Josh Dowick, Luke Robinson. There's a bunch of 2000s that you know you had you had tomorrow depth and you know you got a great team again. And it's uh, definitely. Uh, definitely you know Gray and hog too it's like you got so many guys that like, like can you know can add to a team and but also you you look at that like we're not there and they, they get the job done so you know obviously was super happy super pumped for for the boys to get the job done and uh you know that uh, that orangeville series was was incredible and i uh, actually got to be around the the team a lot that year i uh was not a player but i was, uh, was actually the guy i was on ox in the in the dj booth um, I'd see you up there commentating, Donnie, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was hanging out up there, just you know, playing the goal horn, playing music. So it was fun. Just I, I liked watching, uh, kind of away from away from everyone else, and just like kind of be in my spot, and then then uh, you know, treating the crowd with some some good tunes. And you know, I was uh, I like to think I was the best DJ in the in the OJLL that year, and that's why the boys won the Mento, and you know
0: just add lines to the resume. I huh? just, what can't, what can't yeah. you do? Just throw, yeah, exactly. throw some, some, one more thing on there. I
3: was exactly.
1: going to say though, I mean, you might've been the most important guy, a fire ox stick. I mean, that goes a long way in the dressing room and in, in, the rink. So, I mean, what you made up for getting lost in COVID, you made up for it in that next <laughs> year. Probably <laughs> go. still got a ring out of it as a DJ, but I mean, say you're the most important guy in the rink.
0: Hey, now you got to Go retire turn. the, you got to retire the turntables though. he did it yeah, once, I you know, won, the t- won the I title. <laughs> That's it.
1: What was, hey, speaking of that, what was like the go-to tune? If you're going to fire up a tune, what was like the go-to tune or like, what was like the tune of that season? Do you think? Um,
3: I'm trying to think here, you know, a goalhorn had like uh let me clear my throat plan getting the, getting the crowd pumped up, but, uh, That's
2: old school, old school Buffalo Sabres goal song. Yeah.
3: That's what it, yeah. It was the, it was the Sabres goal song being used, but, uh, you got that. Yeah. I know you had some like back in black when the boys come back on the floor. Um, yeah, you know, just a bunch of the classics, uh, you know, running with the devil, a lot of, a lot of old school, just ones I heard, heard with the, with the Nighthawks growing up as a, as a kid, I just, you know, those are the, those are the best songs to listen to. I, I thought, um, to get the crowd going. But, um, you know, I think they only lost once the entire year, um, at of So, um, did they a little home floor advantage that year for sure. And hopefully the tunes did have something to do with it. That's awesome. Um, well,
2: let's, we'll move into, uh, into Duke and, and kind of life there. So maybe before we jump into, into the present, how, what was it like getting recruited? How, what was that whole process like? Um, cause obviously, you know, there's not a, not a huge Canadian pipeline to, to get down there. So what was that? What was that whole thing like for you?
3: Yeah. You know, everything with recruiting, I got to say thank you to Brody Merrill for that. Um, my time at the Hill was, was, uh, was amazing. And, you know, Brody kind of helped me, uh, you know, get to where I am today. Um, but no, I was, I was still back in the early recruiting days. Um, now it's all, you got to wait till your, your junior year, of high school, your 11th grade, um, September 1st. But for me, it was, I was still able to, I think I was, the last class I was actually at the last class that was fully uh, early recruited. And uh, so obviously I remember just being, I was, I think I at the time, like going on the visits I was going on, I was probably a couple inches smaller and like probably a buck 50. So I was like, just not, not the same, not the same as I am now. So, um, you know, I was kind of looked at pictures recently at uh, going on visits and yeah, definitely look like a different person now. So I think that's like, that is a funny thing to think about how, you know, you're, you're doing those visits at, you know, 15, 16, and you're, you don't, obviously you have no idea what you're going to look like in three years, but you know, you're making, making one of the biggest decisions of your life, you know, where you're going to go to school for four years. So, I you know, once, uh, once Duke got on the radar, though, it kind of just kind of was too good. I was, I, I absolutely loved coach D and, uh, you know, Duke's campus and, and you know, the mix between academics and, and athletics, um, you know, the basketball games here are electric. We're a football school now. Um, you know, we're, it's, it's, yeah, the athletes here are obviously all great at what we do. And, and I, and I do think that it's the, it's the best spot to be for a student athlete. Um, but, um, yeah, so I think that, uh, you know, it, it definitely was a, you know, a difficult time. Like you're, you're balancing, you know, school and, and lacrosse and then just like trying to figure out, um where you want to go, but um coach andetsky definitely made it a very easy choice for me.
1: What uh what other schools are on the radar? Like when you said visits, what other schools are you going to?
3: Um uh, went to a couple, uh, I used to went to Corn Hell for like Donnie. Um and I loved it there. Um different a lot of different weather than than Durham, North <laughs> Carolina for sure. You know, it's uh Ithaca is just like just like the hometown in in Canada, but um I uh, you know it was actually right down the street. UNC was on there, um, so you know I think, think about that too. You know my buddy Zach Young, who uh, you know played there for four years, and now he, he just got drafted to the FireWolves too. Um we're we 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 live a minute apart in Oshawa, and uh, then we we went to school. We we both moved to school, and we're we're 20 minutes away from each other. So it's kind of and now we're now we're both in Albany with the FireWolves. So I think that uh, that part's pretty cool. Uh, you know we're always just kind of near each other and um have, have had the opportunity to play with him a bunch. But yeah, so obviously he didn't go and have gone to UNC with him but was just down the road from him. So, you know, get to see him see him here and there and then obviously have a rivalry with him, um just like we did back in the day, Whippy versus Clarington. So
0: yeah. Did did you take the visit to High Point or didn't get that far uh down yes. the line with the panthers Didn't want to finish off
2: the North Carolina trifecta <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's only two days in a weekend, Dan. You can't do three. That's too much.
2: We can't have him on a Thursday or anything like that. It would be, be the same experience. That's good. Um, so I mean, what what's it been like? I mean, throughout kind of your time there, um, what's what's the adjustment been like? Because I don't I feel like historically it hasn't it hasn't really been like an offense or like a system that kind of you know has pumped a ton of Canadians into it or had that like style of player. Did you find it was there was time where you had to kind of like figure it out or like you had to like get just like get an opportunity to kind of show that there was a a place for it there Obviously Greer had, a, had his impact but um, but that's a long time ago. so what was that transition like for you?
3: Yeah, I think more so coming in before i I, I stepped on campus here um, it was definitely the the where do I stand with the offense just because you know like like, I, like you said, um, you know, Zachary was the last lefty attackman before me. Um, that was Canadian, so I do think it helps. You know, with uh, with with uh, Matt with Forty um, being the with him being the offensive coach. You know, his chemistry with Grizzo back in the day was was obviously uh, unreal, and I think that obviously helped my case for for coming in because I know for him he. He knows what what a lefty Canadian can do um, with an offense full of full of American guys, and I think that uh, that that definitely helped my case. But you know, one thing I do um, do love and have had have enjoyed is uh, you know Coach Janowski always always pressures me and and is uh, forcing me to play with my right hand. And you know, it's nothing or it's it's not something that you know um, many Canadians are like forced to do. And you know, a lot of guys kind of go to school and they're just like um you know you stick to your your strong hand and you you play lefty you play righty whatever you are but um you know i've been able now it's my fifth year and develop my right hand i've scored a couple righty goals now i actually scored against high point righty last i think that was my first ready goal oh, suck it
2: oh, see you, Dan.
0: Oh, suck it damn suck it
2: dude cut that
3: cut that <laughs> <laughs>
0: But uh no, scored against Team USA, I believe he's scoring against Team USA righty as well, but I just had to mention <laughs> high point. kidding me. But high <laughs> point gave him the
3: confidence. It gave him the yeah, confidence. That's what we do. Yeah, we build people exactly. up. No, but I think uh I think I have like obviously um being around the the the, the talent that's at this school is, is absurd and lots of depth and I think you know I, I feel like they're there should, there should be Canadian in every single offense and, and at the D1 level. Just, you know, we had a different different style of the game, and you don't um, – you know, you, I think that uh, I, I found my spot here, and it's uh, definitely enjoying it.
2: That's great. I mean, uh, why don't we kind of move into, uh, into kind of the last couple of years. So, obviously – I don't think 2022 was a season that you guys um, were, were too pumped with, um, but what was, what was it like coming back from, from that year? What was the attitude like rolling into, into fall ball, being around the guys again um, and kind of wanting to, to get yourselves back to where you thought, you know, where everyone has seen Duke in the past.
3: Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, not making the tourney that year was, was definitely, there's still a lot so that, you know um, I think, the way the season ended my sophomore year um, was almost, almost worse just because you now you make it that far, you lose to you get, you get smoked by Maryland in the, in the final four. Um, but, you know, that junior year, I think it was a good wake up call for us, you know, um, for my, for my class and the class below Brennan's class and the guys above me um, that stuck around for fifth years. Um, you know, we, we've, we, you know, we have all, all different types of experience. You know, you got to, We lost our season my freshman year from COVID and then sophomore year, final four, junior don't make the tournament. So I think just not being able to get that chance, you always think of the what ifs, what ifs. But um, I do think that we came back with a good hunger, hunger in the fall, and we were just ready to get back and kind of hop in the season, just more, uh, more excited than ever. Um, So I do, I do think that that did help us, you know, get, get a bit more motivated as much as it is a new season, you know, you still have that sour taste in your mouth. But, um, I do think now too, it's the same, same. It was a, it was a great season we had and we, um, you know, obviously tough, tough ending against Notre Dame, but, um, I do think that the experience that my class and the class below has now we've, we've, we've had every possible type of experience you could have in, in a college across career. So you have, and you know, you had that one last year. So, um, you know, hoping for that storybook, but um, storybook ending, but, you know, um, definitely got to take every, um, every win with every loss and, you know, got to learn from it all. But um, yeah, it's been, been tough and, you know, it's uh, like, it's, it's, it's almost the same thing now too. It's a, it's a new season here as well. And, and, you know, same result. I, I look at the same, like we made to the national championship the year before, we didn't make it to the tournament, but we still didn't end with it, with a ring. So um, I think our, our guys are hungry and um, definitely eager to get going again.
1: With uh, with that being said, like you just mentioned, like your whole class eleven guys come back, which obviously is you know I, I'd assume is going to be huge for you guys. Are you guys talking as like a group, like hey, we want to run this back? Because you do see like guys transfer out this and that. Like, did you guys kind of make a conscious effort to be like, hey, let's all come back, let's run this back, or like was it just kind of by chance
3: everyone came back? Honestly, yeah, it's actually funny because like we never like really like. Talked about it. I think it was just more, just like I don't know what it is about um, about here. It's just like no one, no one wants to leave this place, and I think it's a uh, you know it shows our it shows our culture we have here in our in our locker room because you know you have the the first guy on the depth chart and the 52nd guy on the depth chart. You know um, they they love this team as much as the other, and I do feel um, you know there there are guys that I play with you know that um, could easily start at at many different schools and. Won't, won't touch the field and haven't touched the field, but they, they just don't want to leave this place and it's it's really cool um the camaraderie got here for that reason. And I think you now we never even like really had a conversation like, oh like we're running it back. it was just more like it was more just um kind of the assumption that everyone was gonna stay. And once once it all worked out that you know we all got into um majority of us in the business school, one guy in a different program. Um you know it was it was cool that we know we all we're able to come back to Duke for next year, you know, get a second second piece of paper from this school, which uh, you can't complain about there, and um, you know, be with your boys for another year, and then obviously get some transfers come in, join you for for a year. But um, yeah, I think that that's a big part of uh, why I love it here so much is is the locker room, the guys here. What's uh, what's the one guy taken that didn't get into? What did not get into business school? What's he taken? Oh, he's taken. Uh, he's he's like a, Master. a master's of engineering. You know, it's engineering of financial technology. So it's, okay. it's way, even, it's it's <laughs> really legit. I thought it was just going to be like, he came back for a fifth year, like gym or something. Uh, that's no, that's no, he's, uh, no, he's uh, he's doing a hard one for sure. He's a smart guy, but uh, yeah, I couldn't be doing, I wouldn't be doing that one. But um, yeah, that's why most of us are, I mean, the business school is still hard for sure, but that, that I don't even, yeah. Don't know what that would be like. I'm sure he'll do all right after school yeah it's all right
2: yeah he'll he'll figure it out something he'll file yeah he's not doing gym class paulie but uh even gym class yeah gym class gym class degree from from duke i think is uh uh, you're you're still doing all right um what uh let's talk about brendan O'Neill for a second um what uh a guy like that i mean obviously people saw the international stage we won't touch too much on that because we're canadian podcast but let's uh i mean what's it been like playing with uh with a guy like that practicing with a guy like that. And, and just, you know, obviously you guys built some chemistry over time,
3: but uh, how's, uh, how's that been? Yeah. You know, the big fella, he's a beauty, Um, absolute weapon, absolute weapon on and off the field and, uh, you know, love to be around him. And he's, I mean, I mean, his, his frame speaks for itself, you know, it's um, just big guy and he's, he's like, you know, the, like the, he's like a mix of like John Grant Jr. and Mark Matthews with his size and his skills. And I think, you know playing with him is uh, obviously a treat because he he attracts every possible defender and you know i get to to be- benefit from that um here and there so uh it's lots of fun but no i think uh it worked out a lot obviously him being the class below and then us getting the COVID year to kind of be with him be with each other um you know only having that half season without him and then now playing four years with him that has been awesome and i think uh you know we 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 love uh you know talking. You know creativity and and uh trying to like think think of stuff we can do on the field together and you know uh, fool around that way but also you know dial it in when need be and you know learn from each other play off each other and you know gain that chemistry like you said over the years and um you know and i I know that uh you know obviously he was a very hyped recruit in high school and and he was like the, the zion of lacrosse they all called him coming out of high school and and all that but um you know, he's, he, it was really now like this past year, you know, winning the tour France, and, you know, the, what he did obviously in the world, like you said, um, you know, his, his game's even more noticed than it was before. Um, but I do know, like being around him for the last four years, he, he's been, you know, one of the best players I've ever seen in my life, just like live, like some of the stuff he's done in practice over the years, just, you know, you leave your, leaves your jaw on the ground and it's, uh, it's, it's unreal being able to you know play with him, learn from him and, uh, you know, get that chemistry going for sure.
0: What, uh, you know, you get to see him more than, more than anybody. Obviously there's been a lot of speculation about, um, you know, his future, uh, you know, playing box, uh, you, you know, it seems like he's going to have a great future in both leagues. What do you think? Like, do you think obviously he can play, uh, you know, him better than anything else. Like, how do you think that'll translate to box?
3: I think it'll be very seamless. He's, uh, you know he just loves the cross and loves the game and I do think uh you know, he's played in, he, he's played in a couple travel box tournaments um, um back in the day but um I think it will be very easy transition for him. I look at a guy, you know, look at a guy like Schreiber and the analog like what he's doing and you know guy that didn't play much box at all and then you know comes in the league and is doing what he's doing now and um you know both Long Island guys and um you know with his size with his just IQ and just his understanding of the game he uh, uh, there's no doubt in my mind he'll he'll be a big asset in the nll um when he gets drafted next year for sure
2: judy well why don't we move in we we'll kind of we've we've had you for a while here we know uh you got to go in a little bit but um talk to us just about kind of you know what it was like um we talked a little bit about the worlds there but like what was it like for you playing playing with those guys playing against the best you know the best in the world from from all different age groups from all different countries. Like how, how did that, how did that feel for you?
3: Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a dream come true. Um, was at the world's in 06 in London. My dad, my dad won gold there. And then uh, 2010 was there in Manchester, England. They, they, uh, they lost in the finals that year. Um, but to be around, you know, two different team Canada's, and uh, you know, you and then you just, you know, you just dream of doing the same. So, uh, you know, getting the opportunity was, was, was unbelievable. And, and, um, you know, you know, getting to play with guys like, uh, with Daner, with, with Teeter, obviously, you know, like he's at the Hill with him. Um, but Daner, um, playing, he played with my dad in his last, my dad's last couple of years in Buffalo. He was Dan's teammate. So, um, you know, guys, you go grow up watching Curtis Dixon, the boys, like, um, then my childhood buddy, my teammate daughter, um, obviously, um, yeah what he's doing now in, in lacrosse is incredible but um no, to to be around those guys for sure was the was a really cool part of it and um you know guys that you grow up watching and and, and learning from and then you kind of get to be on their team and then obviously can't leave out Brody um cuz you know I was um Brody was on on the team in 06 when I was 6 years old and you know get to play with him you know 17 17 years later and his he's he's a different animal for that but um yeah, it was a really cool experience, and obviously, very tough ending. But um, you know, it's it's you know, two weeks two weeks together is is certainly not enough. I had I had a lot of fun, and and uh, you know, you wish you could just go back and just play that game one more time. But um, yeah, very very cool experience. You know, like you said, being around um, a lot of different skill, a lot of different teams, countries, and um, it was a cool atmosphere. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely love that experience.
0: It's so funny, man, uh, about the 2006 game, because uh, I was there with my dad, and Paul, you were there as well. It's uh, funny just to, you know, if we could go back and just take a scan of the crowd, like how many people that we didn't know at the time um, that we know. Obviously, you had a good reason to be there. Uh, you know, I was, I was Dan, Dan wasn't playing, was he, Paul, or were you just?
1: Yeah, I know. Dan was in it.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I was just there as a fan, so. Um, just kind of funny, like all these years later here and I everybody was there. All, I
2: was at home eating cookies.
1: <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Let's, I must have missed you guys in the stands. Cause I think I was just hanging out in the beer tent, but, uh, maybe yeah, yeah, you didn't actually watch yeah, the game but there. or something.
0: <laughs> Did I tell the story of my dad from that game? My dad, like superstition. So we, yeah. uh, we, uh, the game was going Poorly or something, and we bought hot dogs. And as soon as we started eating the hot dogs, the game like turned around. And my dad just thought it was like magical, so he kept the ticket stuff from that game in his in his wallet for like 15 years, like until it, it, it like the thing was like basically like rotted away, with a piece of paper. But he kept the the ticket stuff from that game. I he, gonna like, say,
2: he never ate never ate another meal that wasn't hot dogs.
0: You no, know, we just started crushing <laughs> hot dogs after that. But it's just like
2: <laughs> we called hot dogs that
1: game.
0: Yeah, I was eight years he old. Just eating <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he was telling me like the 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 pride of my country it depends on how many hot dogs I can force <laughs> down here. a uh. from
1: Western State.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so well, let's let's kind of touch on uh, before we do let you go. Touch on what was that experience like? You know, leading up to the NRL draft. Um, obviously a pretty. A pretty special weekend for for your guys' family. So, what uh, what did that feel like? Was it kind of just emotions, you know, all over the place, or what?
3: Yeah, I mean, hundred percent emotions all over the place. Um, you know, it was a, the fact that you know my dad being inducted in the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, and then they actually the fact that the ceremony ended up um, being the day before my draft was really cool and obviously very surreal. Um, you know, so kind of. Or fl- flew in um, and uh, you know get there for the Hall of Fame dinner and you know celebrate my dad's career and then you know but um you know got to uh you know see like toller get inducted you know Pat McCready Doyle a lot of a lot of legends junior um Casey Powell and just the the class was obviously incredible and you know that was a really cool night to kind of you know, hear a lot of those guys, guys talk that you, you know, those are the guys I was watching as a kid, like we, we were talking about before. Um, and then the draft obviously was, uh, was a dream come true as well. You know, I've been been thinking about that day for a very long time and, um, you know, to, I was very fortunate that I was able to, to go to it in person and that, um, uh, was able to fly, fly back home for that and, and be there, you know, um, the amount of family and, you know, family friends that showed up for, for my dad and I that weekend it was really cool. And, um, definitely a very special moment for our family both days and uh you know to be around um be around them that whole weekend was was really cool were you uh, were you
1: kind of upset that las vegas did so good last year
3: i mean yeah you can't it was like <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to look at it that way but um definitely also easy to look at it that way but no i'm i'm uh, super pumped to you know uh clarky clarky's a great guy and you know um obviously is, is a young squad and there's a lot of young talent there so it's definitely a, an exciting roster to join so sure. um couldn't be more excited for that and obviously um everyone asked me that same question because it's uh oh, yeah. you know obviously the chance to play for your dad is, is, is would be really cool but um no, now I, now I just get to to get, get to beat him next year so um looking forward to that 100%. Have
0: you ever have you ever played against him uh will that be a first in the NLL to to actually play for the opposing team
1: I think that would be that would be a first in the NLL yeah well, I, I don't think he's ever played in the NLL yet, Donnie. So it might well,
0: be. I mean, well, when it happens in the NLL, it'll be the first time <laughs> in your life that it happens. <laughs> Suck it, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me.
2: Oh yeah, he, his, dad, his dad decided to coach Peterborough one year in minor, so he played
0: against. All them. right, it yeah. could have happened at some point. <laughs> Fuck you. That's guys. your. That's your beer Olympics. It could have. Ha- it could have happened. It's not that <laughs> fucking crazy.
2: Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um. But uh, I mean, we, we've, you know, we've, we've had you for a while here, but we, why don't we kind of go into, uh, you know, I think another, another pretty special moment and correct me if I'm wrong. Cause again, these years kind of blend together, but um, Tucker I was taken in the, uh, in the OJL draft first as like the honorary first pick, right? Like, what was, what was that like for you? Kind of like, I know, I think I saw a clip of you, like, you know, for the NOL t- thing talking about like how you guys both kind of had that dream and. Um, you know, I think the OJL kind of doing that was, was pretty cool, but, uh, what was, what was that experience like for you?
3: Yeah, obviously, um, you no, know, Greg O'Connor, um, Riley's dad, um, absolutely beautiful man. And, uh, he, uh, you know, watching that video of him, you know, doing that at the draft was obviously an amazing, amazing thing to do for our family and for Tucker. Cause there's no doubt in my mind, uh, you know, he's still around. He would have been the first pick and, you know, he would have been lighting, lighting up the league and, um, as a rookie for sure. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, uh, think about a lot and, you know, growing up and every time I play a game, I, you know, I'm thinking about him cause I know how much he loved playing the game and, you know, getting that taken away from him at such a young age is obviously devastating, but, um, you know, to honor, honor a kid, um, like that. And because obviously too, that's the same, you know, draft he obviously as all his buddies that he grew up playing hockey and lacrosse with. And, um, so to hear his name, and then you know, Zachy told his name shortly after, like really cool. And that was obviously Zachy just committed to Vermont, and you know, had a had a great rookie season in Saint in Saint Kitts. So, um, you know, he's doing great things, and you know, he's you know, Tucker's in the back of his mind at all times as well. So, um, no, I mean, that meant a lot to to our family. Really, really cool moment, and um, obviously, wish um, could be could have been for real, but um, can't. So, you know to do that, it it obviously means a lot and uh, love, uh, love Greg O'Connor and what the the Warriors did in the, and the OJL did for that. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, I guess, I guess to kind of expand on
2: that, like maybe, you know, maybe touch a little bit on, on kind of, you know, what the support of the lacrosse community, you know, whether it's, you know, the Tucker out lymphoma nights or, or just kind of different things, like what, what has that kind of meant to you guys um, as a family?
3: Yeah, I mean, we we wouldn't be where we are right now without it. Um, you know, the lacrosse community always says is the tightest tightest knit community. And you know, obviously, I'm I'm thinking back. But it's like it's it's almost been ten years now, which is crazy to think. It's gonna be nine this December. Um, so I think that you know, you know, I was I was fourteen years old at the time, and so I am I, I, like able to understand. I'm it's I'm now in high school, but it's like you're still young and. You have to grow up really quickly. So I think um, I remember, like, um, you know, the amount of the amount of lacrosse guys that showed up to, you know, do his funeral and, and, and you know, paid respects to our family and to Tucker uh, was incredible. And then um, you know, shortly thereafter, um, you know, the bandit Scott Lawler starting up Tucker lymphoma. Tucker lymphoma. The first game was actually um, when he was actually in the hospital um, in 2014. So my dad was able to actually play in the in the first Tucker lymphoma game. Um, back in in 2014, um, but then after that, um, you know, I was able to design the jerseys for for that game every year ever since. Um, and you know, Loughler makes a um, you know big deal of that game every year, and that's I know um, for bandit fans, you know, they always say it's what their their favorite game of the year, and you know, they get the special jerseys going and you know raise awareness. But um, yeah, I, I think you know, with, without the support from from everyone in the lacrosse community, we, we wouldn't wouldn't feel the love that we do, you know? So it's, uh, um, like I said, lacrosse community is a very special tight knit, tight knit group of people. And, you know, we, my family obviously going through the hardest thing we'll have, that we've ever gone through, um, definitely felt the love and continue to feel the love, you know, every single day. And I think, you know, a bunch of my buddies wearing 51, um, for Tucker, um, you know, look, like a guy like Matt Potra, Boston Bruins, now number 51, Tucker's favorite team is Boston. And, uh, you know he's wearing fifty one now, lighting the league up as a rookie. So, um, really cool to see. You know, Maddie and <laughs> Maddie Potra and uh, Tucker would be um, hanging out around the rink uh, when when me and Adam uh, Podsi he, uh, he uh, when we played together back in minor. So to see you know see that all come full circle too is really cool. And uh, you know it's it's yeah like you said it's the, the the support we receive and the love love we have from from everyone is is uh, incredible and we uh, couldn't be more thankful and appreciative of it it's
2: awesome man um i didn't realize that on the kind of the boston stuff too that's pretty crazy um so anything uh donnie Polly, anything else before we let them go uh head over to the uh, hurricanes game there
0: I mean, we like to ask the jersey number, why he chose the jersey number. I think we can skip that one (laughs) Uh, in this instance. I think people could probably connect the dots.
2: Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Just one last thing on, like, the top thing. I think the one thing that's been so cool is, like, we've got to keep his memory. Now your dad's in the league. Now you're coming to the league. Like, kind of I can only imagine how emotional those games are you going, but I can only assume you're going to play it in, in when you're in the league in a year or so. Like, you'll be playing that first Tucker game. Like, it, how's that going to feel? Like, you've always been there for the ball drops and stuff, but again, kind of like you say, playing for them and, and thinking of them every game. Like, just what would that feel like playing in that kind of first game?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I have thought about that a little bit, and um, I do think that you know you know where where tucker's hard on my sleeve like every game i play but then you know getting the chance to like actually wear wear a jersey with his name on it with his picture on the on the shoulders um would be obviously amazing to you know to honor him and you know to be a part of a game where everyone's battling for him as well because you know i i do feel um like every time you know you see the my favorite part about the tucker on the phone game you see the the pregame picture of both teams kind of intermingling in the middle with us in the, the ceremonial of face off. Um, was really cool. You know, it's, you realize, you know, it is, it is um, more than a game and it's, uh, you know, a bunch of guys coming together, you know, playing for, for a bigger reason and, you know, um, playing for Tucker in that game is really cool. And for, for everyone battling, you know, childhood cancer and, and uh, you know, raising awareness for that. And I do think that, you know, to uh, I uh, always have him in my mind for every game I play. To know that you know the 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 rest of the guys on, on my team and the other team are all thinking about him too is is really cool. And um, will definitely be super emotional, but um, definitely be very exciting. And definitely want to get a dub for him that game for sure.
1: Probably right, throw up a, four, a quick four spot. I bet so. Won't be, won't
0: be- <laughs> yeah, just to bring up some uh, some some levity to the conversation too. I looked after we were talking about high point. The right-handed goal is one of seven goals, Dan. So, um, you tell me if that's good.
2: <laughs> Listen, like I don't. I don't think I needed that to add on. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he scored so many with his so many with his left. He figured he'd, he'd get one with his right, and like that just hurts. I yeah. heard a
1: guy had him on the sideline that he couldn't do it. That's why he yeah. did it. I'm watching, yeah. Watch this, buddy. I'm correct. I'm correct. <laughs>
2: Oh, we're, deleting, <laughs> we're deleting this all out. We're deleting this all out. This is our recruiting pitch. <laughs> Love it. Awesome, man. Well, again, we appreciate you taking the time to sit down. It's uh, an awesome, an awesome story. We're seeing, uh, we're seeing more and more of these too. Polly talks about it a bit. Obviously, Polly's played against, played against your old man, and you know we're starting to see more guys roll through the league that are uh, the son of former players. So it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. But yeah, appreciate you taking the time. And you're gonna say something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I will be proud to say I've been uh I've been slashed. Well, I've slashed both Williams now, but I've also been slashed very hard by both Williams. So it's an honor. When I leave this game, I'll you know, a couple Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers got a couple baseball swings back. So it's been an honor. <laughs> Those are well, good battles,
2: uh by Ripley oh, yeah, All time.
1: all well deserved, nothing I didn't deserve. So it's all good, buddy. <laughs>
2: Awesome. Okay, good stuff, man. Well, again, appreciate you taking the time, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, enjoy the season, the season, and we'll chat. with yeah, you Best soon. of luck in the
1: college season, buddy. We'll be watching. Thanks, Dice. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me,
3: boys. Thank you. Yep, of course.
2: Just got stuck him in there before the Hurricanes game. What a life down there. Getting his like getting his MBA or whatever from Duke he will be, you'll he'll, be,
1: swinging, I hope he's swinging the sticks down there too. I wanted to ask him, but I, I don't want to get him in trouble. But you got son twenty four three sixty five. I hope you're swinging the stick. Yeah,
2: yeah. I would imagine. I would imagine that's going on. That's um, gonna be if my
1: if my son and daughter
2: play sports, whatever sports they play, I don't care.
1: That's gonna be one of my only recommendations: is to be somewhere hot. So <laughs> dad gets yeah. to go swing the
2: sticks. I, I agree. I also didn't love the uh, casual high point ricochet shots we took in that interview, but um, I, such a that was all Donnie. Yeah, yeah Donnie. To
1: get him I don't know what chair.
0: got into me. You were you were all horned up. Yeah, I don't know. I they felt right at the time. It seems a little too aggressive after the fact, but no, don't. That's um. you doing your overthinking thing. It was funny <laughs> and you we're fine with it. Um, <laughs> It's right it's, up the road. I was going to I just was curious like Duke versus High Point. They're right up the road, a lot of the same, you know. I was curious it, what, what, what made that. We
2: almost I think we beat them one I not not when I was there we didn't beat them, but
0: I think I think Greerzo must have just given a better pitch than you did, Dan.
2: Yeah, that was it. I think. <laughs> it was like I was like, "Listen, like we have a steakhouse on campus and an ice cream <laughs> Um and it's free." And we've got seven. We've got seven different pools on campus. Right. <laughs> like one, right. You know, you know how many times I broke phones in each one of those pools—probably six <laughs> or seven. So, um, come on down, and it's uh, it's a great spot. So, anyone else there listening? Fantastic place to go to school. Um, but uh, but yeah, I guess um, is there anything else we want to touch on before we uh, before we wrap it up? You guys are gonna see me at a couple of back to back sporting events in November. It's gonna be hilarious. We got I got like I just grabbed all the tickets. Did we lose Polly? Yep. Yep. He's, he's staring at me and it makes me uncomfortable. That's
0: actually hilarious.
2: Um, but yeah, but no, I'm I'm, much I'm much all good, Danny. Okay, awesome. Well, that does it for episode 96. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, great to be back after a week off. Love you guys, and uh, we'll chat with you soon. Peace. I love that you got to do the piece.